meet the motherboard. Five warrior moms, 13 kids, and that includes three sets of twins. And a whole lot of opinions. Hi folks, welcome to another Snack Bite episode of The Motherboard. We're going to be talking to Taylor Potts today and finding out what makes her tick. Taylor's a partner at Drew Eklund Farnham, where she specializes in workers' compensation, defending employers, insurers, and self-insurers throughout the state of Georgia. Taylor's also a trained mediator in workers' compensation. Welcome, Taylor. Hey, Vivian. Thanks for having me. So who is Taylor, and uh, who are you as an attorney? So I am a mom of three kids. I have two twin boys who just turned six, and I have a four-year-old son who just turned four. So three boys, six and under, it's a wild and crazy household. Um, I'm also a partner at the firm. I started off actually as a summer associate um, in the class. I was the class of 2006 as a summer associate and um, started at the firm full time August 2007. And I've been there ever since. It's been almost a decade and a half that I've been at the firm. So it's crazy. I've really come full circle from starting as a summer associate to now I'm actually the chair of the summer associate committee. So I've really seen all aspects of this firm and um, my time here and the fact that I never left has been very deliberate. Um, There's several reasons why I'm still at the firm and I'm just really proud and I feel lucky that I've been able to go from the ground up. You know, I've seen it all. I've 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 done every job, so to speak in terms of being an attorney at Jericho and Farnham. And I think that's given me a lot of insight and it's allowed me to really be um, an integral part of the firm and a firm champion. That's really important to me. Um, Other than being a mom and an attorney, I'm a diehard Carolina Tar Heel fan. Um, So born and bred in in North Carolina and then came down to Georgia for law school and have been here ever since. So this is a bad time to tell you that a cousin and two aunts went to Duke. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. Everybody Uh, makes mistakes, right? (laughs) Nobody's perfect. Um, So you talked about you said there are several reasons why you're still at the firm. What are those reasons? I always felt that being a lawyer and being a lawyer is being a lawyer, right? The work is the same, essentially, everywhere you go. What's different is who you work with and the people. And that is I I have just seen too many friends unhappy in their jobs. And I never wanted to be a, quote unquote, miserable lawyer. I just I just didn't. And for me, when I started at the firm, I got in. uh, Mike Bagley was my supervising partner and plain and simple. He treated me with respect. He made my work life happy. I mean, I was happy working for him and I had a work-life balance and he stressed to me the importance of a work-life balance. And not only did he sort of stress that to me verbally, but he showed it to me. I mean, he was the type of guy who, you know, was at the top of our firm, but still coached uh, sports teams and, and, you know, taught Sunday school at his church. And he just showed me that you could do both. And he used to, I remember he would walk by my office, maybe it was 6 p.m. or so. And I was, you know, first or second year associate. 
And he would joke every time he would walk by ready to go home. He'd say, what, you can't get your your work done in normal hours. And what that sent me was the message that there's something other than work and that's your home life. And so for having that type of notion from my very early stages really stressed to me the importance of. I, 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 I need both. I need to be happy at work in order to be happy at home. And I need to be happy at home in order to be happy at work. And that requires a balance. And I was supported by my superiors to find a way to figure out my own way to strike that balance. Um, and I'm also very aware that not everybody has that experience. So I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful for that. So hands down, the people and the ability that I had to create my own balance was the reason that I stayed at the firm initially, you know, through my first several years of being a younger associate. I, my husband and I wanted to start a family right around the time that I would have been partnership trapped. So right around year seven, eight, we decided to start a family and I got pregnant very quickly times two. Twins were very unexpected. And so what kept me there after having kids was the firm's how the firm sort of embraced me and creating a non-traditional path from that point on. So when I had the twins, I was very concerned about billing um, the hours that I was billing previously, which were, you know, over 2000. But at that point in, in my life, that worked for me. And I was concerned about being able to maintain that. So I asked to be taken off partnership track so that I didn't have the pressure of the hours. And my work was still the same. I mean, at the end of the day, like if the work's there, you you just get you just work till the work is done. So I was doing the work, but it by stepping back and taking myself off partnership track, it allowed me just not to have to check my hours every day to say, okay, can I stop for the day? Do I have 10 hours or whatever it was? Just took the pressure off. And the firm allowed me to do that. And not only did they allow me to do it, but they supported me and they encouraged me to come back. And I didn't feel faulted for it. And I didn't feel any lesser for it. And so when I wanted to have my third child, which was, you know, I got pregnant less than two years later, I remember talking to Mike about it and letting him know that I was pregnant again. And he looked at me and he said, Taylor, you do what you got to do. Just come back. So whatever works for you works for me. And I laughed because I said to him, well, Mike, have you ever spent time at home with three boys? Trust me, you'll come running back to work. <laughs> so, um, you know, do I think that sometimes you get somebody that just can't come back from maternity leave? Yes. But I think when you've invested the time and put in the commitment to to your career in the way that we have as lawyers, I think the majority of women do want to come back. Um, at least, at least I did. So I did come back and then I made partner less than two years after having my third child. So do you have any suggestions for young lawyers or young professionals in any field following that same joint career and family path? I would say the number one thing that helped lead me and and help contribute to my success was I don't apologize. And that means I don't apologize to work when I need to leave for a family issue. And I don't apologize to my kids when work takes priority. 
Um, I, I'm very deliberate about the words that I use with my kids when I talk about work. So if they want me to read another book at night or they want me to do something at school and I can't do it because of a work commitment, I don't say things like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to work. I wish I could do that. I don't say that. I say, mommy has to work. And then maybe I'll offer an alternative or mommy gets to go to work. I say it in a positive way. Well, mommy has to work tonight, so I need to be done with books. And and I talk about it in that way. So it's not a negative thing. And in the same way, I don't make apologies at work. So if I can't set a deposition because I have a conflict with childcare, I, I let the other attorney know I have a conflict with childcare and I cannot do that. Um, you know, I just make it known. I don't I don't hide it. I talk about it just at, for what it is. And I try to put a positive spin on it every time. I, I just don't apologize. And if that means not taking taking a meeting or not responding to an email because I have to make dinner tonight, then that's what I do. And, and, and that's just it. And so I just don't apologize to work and I don't apologize to my kids. It's it's all part of it and it's how it makes it work. And I, I'd say my other suggestion for young lawyers is to speak up. I've never been someone that shy with words. And so when full time wasn't working for me because I was about to welcome two babies at once, I let my boss know it wasn't it wasn't going to work for me. Now, I think some of that confidence and security in saying that comes from the fact that I had been working there for seven years at that time. So I do feel lucky that I started off as a summer associate because I think if you come in as a lateral or if you, you've only been somewhere for a year or two, maybe you don't have the confidence to say that. So I will say that the fact that I had been there already for seven years definitely gave me um, the voice to be able to speak up for myself. Um, and it's not only that. I also have been very involved in the firm in ways other than just being a lawyer and billing time. Like I am committed to this firm in non-billable ways. I am a mentor to others. Um, I have been active in firm committees and I, I've been a voice and a cheerleader for this firm for, for that entire seven or eight years that it was. So I think that that too gave me the ability to say to my boss, hey, full-time doesn't work for me right now. And um I remember after I had my third child, someone said, oh, in what capacity are you going to be coming back to work? And I said, in the same capacity that I am now. I, I, I set the expectation that just because I was coming back and maternity leave was over, it didn't necessarily mean that I was going to be billing an incredibly different amount of hours. It just meant that I'm coming back and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to let it happen organically. And the irony of it all is that, you know, this year I build the most hours that I've built in the last six years. And I didn't intend to. I just did the work and built the relationships and the work came and I put my head down I focused and I, I did the work and the hours came naturally. Um, but going back to the advice, the advice is speak up for yourself. So um, let people know what you want. And at the end of the day, I think having a firm that embraced a non-traditional path is absolutely my golden ticket to my happiness. And again, is the reason why I'm still here almost 15 years later, because they did embrace my desire for a non-traditional path to partnership. And I'm proud to be able to say I had three kids in 26 months and made partner two years later. 
the motherboard is a platform to talk about some of these challenges you have discussed um, already, um, the challenges facing working mothers, working parents, uh, just juggling work and family life. Is there a, a message you're hoping to deliver through the podcast? For me, the number one message is that being a mom is my greatest asset. Right. I think there's this old notion that you almost have to hide your title as a mother. You don't want to get passed up for a task or a job or a role because you don't want this perceived notion that you can't handle it because you have a lot going on. Because the truth is, we do have so much going on. Um, So I think that there's this old notion that you almost had to hide your title. Oh, well, just because I have kids at home doesn't mean I can't handle that. I'll take that deposition or I'll travel out of state for that mediation. Um, and I think sometimes women feel that they almost have to hide that or overcompensate. Oh, I can do that. But for me, it's the absolute opposite. I, I embrace the fact that I'm a mom and I tell people, I mean, I lead with the fact that I have three boys at home. I think it makes me a problem solver, a mediator, if nothing else. You know, I'm a, I'm a multitasker and I'm decisive, but I'm still really empathetic and I think that really shapes who I am as an attorney, and I appreciate when my clients appreciate that side of me, and I think that the motherboard is the perfect way for me to talk about that and to celebrate that part of me and who all five of us are. I mean, that's what brings us together is that we do do so much. I mean, it's it's not a myth. You know, they they say that no one gets something done. Like, if you have a problem, put a mom on it. Um, or if you need to get something done, put a mom on it. Well, it's true. It's because we are incredible multitaskers. Um, my husband, it sounds cliche, but my husband always says to me, I don't know how you get it all done. Like, how do you fit it all in? And sometimes I do, but it also includes like a panic attack or anxiety attack. I mean, it's not always pretty. At the end of the day, sometimes there are tears. And sometimes I just kind of pat myself on the back or I treat myself to something because I think, you know what? I just knocked it out. Like I am proud of myself. I cannot believe I've accomplished all that in 24 hours, but it's not always pretty. And I have a great support system. Um, But I really think that the motherboard is allowing me to celebrate all the hard work that I put into and being a mom and being a lawyer at the same time and setting the example for my children. So when your career is sunsetting uh, and many, many years to come, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? What is my legacy? Um, Wow. Um, Well, my legacy with my children, I want them to say, this is so basic, but it's actually really important to me. I want them to say that I was a fun mom. I get down on the ground and play with my kids. I turn on music and I dance. I am I am silly. You've seen the goofier side of me. Um, and I am that way with my kids. Like my kids would say my husband is serious and that their mom is silly. Um, because my parents uh, were camp counselors and that's how they treated us as parents. They played with us the way a camp counselor would. Like they were involved and they used to put on scavenger hunts for us and games and I just have such I have such nostalgia thinking back on that. And I had always said to myself, I'm going to I want my kids to say 
that our mom celebrated everything. Our mom played with us. She made a big deal about birthdays. Um, so I want my kids to say that about me. My legacy at work, other than being one of the best workers' comp defense attorneys in the state of Georgia, is, is that I was a strong advocate, but that I was empathetic and that I was fair and that I treat everyone with kindness. I realized early on that one of my um, biggest drivers in how my career would you know, play out was my reputation. So I have worked really, really hard to treat people with kindness so that anytime my name comes up, something positive is said. You're heavily involved in a lot of the mentoring programs that our firm has. Do you want to talk about that real quickly? Yes, mentoring is one of the most important parts of my practice for me, and it has nothing to do with my billable hours. I had an, I had and have an incredibly strong mentor in Karen Carabinos, who's a partner at our firm. Um, she, I, I consider her a professional mentor, a friend. Um, she is hands down one of the reasons why I, one of the biggest reasons why I made partner in this firm. She gave me advice. She was a sounding board. She still is. I run almost everything by her. She's a confidant and I felt empowered by having her. And it's incredibly important to me that we pay it forward as leaders in the firm um, and as women. I really care a lot about mentoring. I talk very openly about non-traditional paths to partnership. I talk very openly within our women's group about mental health and wellness. These are topics that are typically not spoken about in law firms, right? It almost feels like the path to partnership is a secret. In mental health and wellness, it's a secret. And I don't want it to be a secret in, in our firm because um, Karen didn't make it a secret with me. and. I find it to be an integral part of my success at this firm. So I really want to be that for other people. I think there's no better compliment to your mentor than to become a mentor yourself. I think it's how you make leaders. So, Taylor, is there something that has surprised you about being a parent? Yeah, I think the thing that's been most surprising to me as a parent is maybe something that I thought I wouldn't do, but that I actually do. And um, that would be that I have found myself projecting um, my own interests and my own desires on my kids. I think it's very easy before you're a parent to say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let them be who they are and really develop their own interests. But I didn't realize how difficult that would be. And my husband is very good at pointing out to me when I do that. I think some of that comes from the twin dynamic because um, of my twins, one is very much like my husband, and he's wired just like my husband, an engineer, and he has interest in th the way things work, and he's more introverted, whereas my other twin is very much like me, very outgoing, extroverted, friendly, and loves sports and being around people, and so it's very easy for me to connect with him because we have the same interests. And although I obviously connect with my other child just as much, what he's interested in is just not the things that come as naturally to me. And so for me, I just feel like I have found myself projecting what my interests are sometimes on him and realizing, taking a step back and thinking what's really going to develop his personality and his strengths more that really have nothing to do with me. And I just have to be mindful about that. And I think that's one of the things that's really hard as 
parents of young children, but I'm sure that that's going to be something that's difficult even moving forward as they grow older. At the end of the day, for me, the most important thing I can do and teach my children is to love one another. I grew up in a household where being close with my sister was just a non-negotiable. My parents really enforced the fact that my sister and I had one another, that we should be each other's number one, that there was no relationship stronger than siblings. And it worked. My sister's my idol. She's my best friend. She's my confidant. She is just everything to me. She is the most important relationship that I have. Obviously, now I have with my husband and my children, but the foundation that I have with my sister is just so incredibly strong. I'm so incredibly grateful to have that. And I want my children to have that more than anything. Not only is it so important that they're close and that they support one another, but I think having that closeness of siblings teaches empathy and it teaches kindness. And as I say to my kids every day, when they walk out of the house to go to school, lead with kindness. It's such a simple statement, but it it really means so much and can be something that they take, you know, into school, into playing with friends and then into their adult life. Just lead with kindness. It's so simple, but I love giving them that reminder. Um, So you're a bartender. This is your last question. You're a bartender in college. What's your favorite cocktail to make? Oh, tequila. No question. Margarita, spicy, skinny margarita all day, any day. Okay. Maybe not all day, any day, but like every night at 7 p.m. Okay, not every night, but like Thursday to Saturday. (laughs) Taylor, thanks for telling us what makes you tick. Uh, We look forward to seeing you guys at the next Motherboard episode. Thanks for having me, Vivian. Thank you for listening to the Motherboard. Thank you for listening to the Motherboard. Thank you for listening to the Motherboard. Bye, returning mothers. Never bored.